what up, guys? We're recording now. So, Ashley, how's it going? Hey, uh, good, good. Life is good. Can't complain. Right before this, we didn't know. You, how much more minutes do you have left? No, I'm, I'm good for a bit. We can record for an hour. Oh, okay. Okay, so really quick, what, what's life like right now for you on your end? Well, I've been traveling back and forth to Seattle, which is not a state, right, Michael? <laughs> I had to tell you that. <laughs> I can't believe you thought it was a state. You're like, Michael. Whatever. Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> and I'm like, that Ashley, geez, sometimes. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been traveling back and forth to Seattle. I've been taking courses at Coise Center. Do you know Coise? Have you heard of yeah, Coise? Yeah, I've heard about that. Talk to me about that. How is that? It's amazing. So Coise, John Coise is pretty much one of the godfathers of dentistry, I feel. Like he and um, Spear and Christensen, they have set the stage for everything else to come, like with full mouth rehabs and, you know, just comprehensive diagnosing. Mm -hmm. And so I've always, so I, I actually heard about Coise a few years back from one of the docs I used to work with. And um, he said, like, it's my, it's my goal to eventually take the COIS curriculum. And I was like, oh, what's that? And he basically told me, um, and it's not cheap. Like one course is 10, 11 grand. What? Uh, of a, yeah. oh, wow. Yes. For a package or just like? So, I mean, no, that's just for one course. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a significant financial investment and it's a significant time investment. Like the first course that I, I took it's a week-long course in treatment planning and occlusion. And you're there. You, you, um, the course starts at 7 o'clock a.m. on the dot, and it finishes at 6 p.m. every day. Um, and you break for an hour for lunch. But it's, it's, it's a long 11-hour day, and the first course was Monday through Friday. And since then, I've taken two more courses. And it, it really, it's like a game changer. I don't. I don't look at the mouth the same. I don't treatment plan the same. Um, so you've yeah. taken three courses in total? Three courses in the past three months. So 30,000. Well, the other courses that I've taken, they haven't been a week long. So uh, the last one I took was uh, Thursday through Saturday. And that one was 7,000, 6,000. I forget. I try not to look too hard at uh, the numbers because... Yeah, it'll, I mean, it, it's an, it's an investment, but it's been amazing. That's something I've always like really respected you about. I remember when we would go to like events, remember that? You remember when we would go to events <clears throat> back in the days? Yeah. And I remember like, you know, some people would come out, we'd mess around, like do some podcasts. You were always paying attention all the oh. time, 24 seven. When there was a break, you're like, it's lunchtime. I have time to do a podcast and then we can go back in. And yeah. you're always paying attention. I was like, oh, Ashley's not all just fun and games. She has. No, actually <laughs> I'm actually a nerd. Like, I yeah. love this stuff. So then what were the courses you took for Koi Center? So the first one was basically the intro to treatment planning and um, how we do facially generated treatment plans, which is basically how do you how do you know where to put the length of the teeth? How do you know what position in the, in the mouth? How do you know if you need to open up the bite, change the bite? 
and the processes, like the risk factors involved in treatment planning that particular person. And then the second one I took was perio, which was a lot of hands-on crown lengthening. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like even suturing we did. And then this past, the last one I took was just a deep dive into advanced occlusion. So now that you know that you want to change the vertical or change the bite, like what, what did this person do to get to this place in life? Like, why is there where, why is there uh, chips in the, in, you know, in the enamel, all of that stuff. And then we also, um, we also did like partner work with evaluating TMJ. So uh, the load tests, the immobilization tests, like what's your maximum opening? How, how far can you move laterally? Um, yeah, it's, it's just been so nice, like seeing this whole other side of dentistry. It, it wasn't anything that I had learned in dental school or even residency for that matter. I feel like I'm a different dentist now. It's, why? Like, why is this so, so different now? Because his philosophy, so all of what he teaches is evidence-based. So um, meaning, you know, they, uh, he's reading research, um, research papers. I think he says he reads 28 journals a month just to stay on top of, um, wow. uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so really quick, who is this again? John Coyce. John Coyce, yeah. Okay, so if John were, something were to happen to John, right? Would it continue? Because, or does it all depend on him when, oh when he's gosh. learning? It's it's mostly him. I would say it's ninety percent him, and that's actually another reason why I I really wanted to take his curriculum versus Spear because I know Spear is is really big and but he he sold Spear education, and when you go to a course, it isn't Spear you're getting anymore. It's one of the adjunct faculty. Not to say that they're not as amazing as Spear. But how many times in our lifetime can we be taught by the person who is the godfather, like one of the godfathers of dentistry? And uh, I don't know how old Kois is, but I certainly want to finish before he calls it quits. So that's my goal. So he's that old. He's that old where Um, he can. Well, he's been in practice. He's been teaching. He's been in the industry for 40 plus years. Wow, man. So he knows a ton. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of experience behind that. So then these courses have taught you, what are you seeing? How are you doing things differently in your practice now? It's amazing to me how just even a chip in the front tooth tells a big story. Like, is this person constricted? Like, how how are they, are they, are they grinding at night? Are they even a grinder? Like, what what got this person to where they are. Mm. And before, like I'm, I'm treatment planning. Like I, I, I know how important the bite is, but not to this level, not to this extent. And even tackling cosmetic cases, like you think like, oh, well, if a person isn't happy with their smile, I can just put veneers on anyone and it'll be okay. And now it's like, well, do you have, have to open the bite? Do you have to open the vertical? Do you have to change the incisal position? Like there's just so many things that I'm considering now 
that I just, you just don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know a lot. <laughs> How, so what does this increase when it comes to like the bottom line or, or just what does it increase in total? Like, do you think this helps with closing cases with um, like emotional currency or, or just financially? Like, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, now we can diagnose more because of this or, or what does this help with? I would say all of the above, um, but most importantly, it changes your confidence. And when you're a more confident doc, you, that, that comes across to your patients. Like your patients can sense whether or not you can take on their case. And confidence is everything to just the way we present our treatment plan, the way we communicate our beliefs with our patients. So I would say that's huge. I, so interestingly enough, I just had this discussion with Judy and Colin. Like now that I have all this information in my head. Wait, is Colin someone new? Colin is not new. She's been with me for over two years. Oh, just kidding. Any of that. (laughs) She's now my clinical manager. So Judy is my office manager. Colin's my clinical manager. So Colin takes care of everything in the back. Like she runs a schedule. She tells people where to go. She's doing my Invisalign with me. She's ordering. She's, um, yeah, she, she, she handles everything that I need for her to do in the back. But I was just having this discussion with them how I've invested all this like time and energy and money into taking these courses. But at the same time, I've taken a step back from seeing new patients because I want my associates to thrive. So I've limited my schedule. So I don't know if I told you, but I'm pretty much clinical three days a week. And um, so Mondays, I'm there from seven to one. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm there from seven to three. And um, I have not done an exam really. Um, because I want my associates to get to know our patients so that they will fill their schedules. So, mm, gotcha, yeah, it's gotcha. been tough. Like, how do I balance that? How do I balance wanting to do um, the exams and, and, you know, potentially treatment plan these bigger cases, but I don't, I don't want patients to meet me and then want to stay with me if they're doing, you know, crown and bridge and we're not really doing like the bigger stuff mm-hmm. when they could be meeting with one of my amazing associates. So it's like a learning curve for sure. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. So then, man, really quick, rewind a little bit. I didn't even know the clinical manager. How, how many employees do you have now? I uh, believe there are 15 of us. Wow. Okay. 15, how many associates? I have two, okay. two associates. So there's three docs total. Wait, let's count. So there's three doctors. There are five assistants. Wait, how many is that? Five, three, six, four, seven, five, eight. Eight. And I have three front. Nine, nine 10, 11. 11. And three hygienists. 12, 13, 14. 14. And I'm currently looking for another assistant. Actually, you're looking for another. Can I ask you? In a month, how much are you are you pulling in? Um, like actual numbers, numbers. <laughs> yeah, you can give me a range if you want. Oh, okay. So between one and a million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so specific. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> a, a 
tighter range. Can you give me a tighter range? We are, we're on track. I'll just tell you, we're on track to do over, over two this year. Wow. Wait, per, for the year, right? Yeah. Like, okay. um, our, <clears throat> our collections have been pretty consistent about the 200K. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's good. So then you, you've done the numbers and everything like that, right? And you're like, okay, we can totally bring on someone else. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm not a numbers person, as you know. I just, I just like to hire and hire and hire as many people as possible. No, but um, we, we're, we're pretty like high volume now. And, um, and I also know that we're in growth mode and I'm not, yeah, so... One of our girls is going out on maternity leave. Actually, today's her last day. So mm-hmm. having an extra set of hands in the back, I think will be less stressful. I think that's the predominant reason why I'm looking for another assistant. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so how do you even bring, like, how do you even think about that? The clinical manager thing, like, where, where does that come from? How does that look if somebody's like, holy snap, maybe that's what I need, a clinical manager now? Well, with all of our different providers, because it's not just the docs and the um, hygienists, I also employ two EF2s. So they're essentially, they're their own provider. And and the scheduling, because they're able to handle a lot, we're, we're running so many columns of patients. And if I don't have a dedicated person just managing that aspect, managing the back office, everything's going to slip through the cracks because you can't always just be in people's mouths and expect the day to be organized and run smoothly. So um, Colin's main role now, instead of being so much chair side, she's taken a step back and, and her goal is to organize, organize the back. To make sure everything's running smoothly, basically, right? Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. Like to have something like that. And then Judy, her and Judy kind of like oversee, I guess they're like the team leaders, right? They're the ones who yes. see each section. And then right now, how many, since you're in growth mode, what are your patients looking like a month right now? New patients. Um, we've had anywhere between 60 to 86 new patients a month. Wow. Okay. So you are growing going good we're growing and we're not we're not doing any marketing which is kind of crazy like i mean we haven't really ever done marketing in fact i'm trying to figure out how to get us out of insurances like, oh you, you're planning to go a whole fuffs well that's the plan like i really want to remove myself as an in-network provider because mm-hmm. one that will make it will definitely fill the associate schedule more and two like I I really I only want to do the dentistry that I want to do like I don't want to I I just want to do the cosmetic cases and like the full mouth rehab cases how many would you say you guys you have like in a month those type of cases well we have currently we like about one big case a week which is awesome like that's all I want to do that's what you said you wanted to do. Yeah, I remember that. You're like, yeah. I just wanted to do, dude. You're exactly at where you wanted to be at one point. Remember? You're like, I, I just want my whole team and everything. Crazy. Yeah. Be happier, Ashley. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> I know, so I'm happy. kidding. 
No, but that's really, <laughs> really cool, man. And like, and I remember, and I think it was the last episode, the last before that, you were looking at a bigger place too. Have you found that? I'm always still looking for a bigger place. Oh man, you haven't found it then? Um, no, I haven't. And Brian always keeps telling me like, you need to figure out what you want to do. Like, is your goal to manage two locations and have an even larger team? Or is your goal to figure out how to remove yourself from the equation, figure out how to drop insurances and just have a smaller, like smaller staff and, and less, less uh, patients coming through the door, but still maintain profitability. So I go back and forth depending on the hour that you ask me. Uh, I really do. And I really do go back and forth between do I increase my hours because I want to, I want to see more patients again because now I have all this wealth of knowledge in my head that I'm not utilizing mm -hmm. or like, do I just want to focus more on the business and spend more time with my kids? Yeah. What, I back and forth. What, what do you feel like you're leaning more towards in, in those decisions? Oh gosh. I, in my head, I really do want a second location. And I want the second location to be the bigger location because I want my the general dentistry to be done there. And I want to use my first location as like my smile boutique. Like the cosmetic. Yeah, the cosmetics. And then hopefully we start incorporating fillers and Botox. And I want a photo studio. And yeah, so... That's what I want. <laughs> okay. So that's <clears throat> right now. That's what you're, you really want, right? Like that's the main thing you want right now. Yes. Why don't you do that? Well, good question. I, I looked at buildings and in my area, buildings are ridiculously scarce, which makes them ridiculously expensive when there is something on the market. The last place I looked at, it was about, it was, okay, so it, it's a single stand, single, is that freestanding building? Mm -hmm. And it has tenants in it. The, the entire property is, I believe it's 8,600 square feet, but I wouldn't occupy all of it. It would only be half of it. But the way it's set up is we would have to move one of the tenants over in order to make a cohesive 4,000 square feet. Otherwise it would be like diagonal from each other, which isn't mm -hmm. a good workflow. And, um, and so I'm looking at purchasing the building, but the building, like the purchase price was like, I think they were asking 2.5, 2.6. And that does not include actually building out a dental office. So, and we all know that building a dental office is not cheap. Yeah. So that's my hesitation um, because do I really want to increase my debt again, take on more load and try to do this again? I don't know. Yeah. I love the prospect of it, but I don't so know. So the, the, the debate here is in, in your mind is doing this or, I mean, pulling the trigger on this or mm -hmm. dealing with the debt or... Because I thought you said it's, or it's either having just a small office, taking less patients. Yeah. 
So wh- why would you do that one? The t- doing the small office take, why did that one, why is that an option? Because it's less stressful. I, I mean, I don't have to worry about increasing my debt load. Um, and we can maintain profitability if we just drop the lower paying insurances. It just seems like less stressful. So that one you want to do because it's less stressful. Yeah. And the other one you want to do because? It increases our capacity to grow. Okay. So the other one you want to do because it, it's, I feel like it's kind of like what you want, but it's, it's harder. Exactly. You know? I, think, <clears throat> I think either way you look at it, it's harder. Because if we eventually take ourselves out of insurances, like it scares me to think that we're going to be losing patients if we're out of network with their plans. Um, yeah. So then let me ask you, what does Small & Co. need right now to be better? I think we need more space, <laughs> more parking. Okay. Space. Bar- and the guy next to you still hasn't moved out, right? No, he built, he built his office. I think they're open now. I saw cars parked in his property. Oh my God. It's been like, what, a decade and he's barely open now? Barely Jeez. open. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> Why shouldn't be like the number one fan of this podcast? Always listening and stuff. <clears throat> okay, so then you think you need more space to be better, right? I would like more space, yeah. And that's it? That's the only issue? Well, I think our, our customer service is amazing. Um, if we had more space, it would just feel like less cramped. We have so many people in our little space and like, I barely have a break room. You saw it and we have no parking, but I think from a patient perspective, I I think I have an amazing team. Like I, I can't imagine having anything else change when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything you've been telling me. Is like about, right? Like the patient, the business, what they need to do to be better, things like that, mm-hmm. which is great, right? I mean, like you're not, now let's get a little selfish here. What do you want? Where do you see yourself in a happy place, in a happy mode, maybe 10 years from now or five or, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like realistically, like, you know, let's just say like 10 years from now, what do you want? Not so much thinking of the patients because you 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 know the patients are taken care of right now as we speak. As we're doing this interview, your patients are being taken care of. So what do you want? I want to practice clinical dentistry maybe two days a week, only focused on the cosmetics and Invisalign. And I would love to be a fee-for-service practice um, where we're getting the fees that I believe we deserve. And I want to, I want patients who just value what we do and know our worth. Okay. That's the business side. Personal wise, what do you want? I want to take a step back from the practice and know that it doesn't need me. Like it can run without me. You're still talking business, Ashley. What do you mean personal side? Personal (laughs) side. Like personally, what do you want? Like, do you want, oh, you know what? I want, uh, I don't know, like. Some people are like, I, I want to make a family or I want to, you know what I mean? Oh, like, a, like, like <clears throat> that, that. Okay. Yeah. Um, personally, I want to take more vacations. Um, That's good. 
No, I really do. Like, I mean, like who doesn't want to though? You know what I mean? Who's right. Like, um, I'm taking right. too many. Yeah. I want to, um, I want to feel, I, I just want to be healthier, like focus on my health. I want to sit and read a book. An, un- an uninterrupted, like, me time. Uh-huh. So I just want more time to space out and think about what I want. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> one, when you, when you think about you, right, which is good, because, like, without you, obviously, none of this would happen. I wouldn't even be interviewing, the, you know what I mean? None, nothing, Small & Co. wouldn't be here, right? So, think about it. Everything you said for you is the small fee for service or boutique type of practice that, you know what I mean? That you, where you drop insurances, you take on more, I guess, high quality patients. And then you're like, you know, you have more time to yourself. It's, it's there. When you think about the business, you think about growth and you're like, okay, I need to make more space, more things, more, all these things. Mm -hmm. Now, in 10 years, when you're thinking about this, and let's just say you went with the growth side of it, you decided to open up another thing. Do you think you'd finally be able to satisfy your personal accomplishment? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to relax, take more vacations, you know what I mean? And do all these things. If you were to do the other thing, uh, like have another practice, grow more and things like that, or no? I think as long as I have the team in place set up. Yes. So if the team is there, right? If the team is there and if the systems are in place, then yes. But I mean, it's always harder the more you, you have to manage, right? Yeah. So, big time. It's, yeah. A, it's harder to manage and it's harder to lose and change and transition and all that stuff, the bigger you get. So honestly, like, I don't know, man, to me, and I don't know, listeners can tell me and be like, Michael, that's stupid. You're wrong. To me, it sounds like you kind of want a little, you're leaning a little bit more towards the, uh, you know what I mean? Like the fee for service type of. Um, you think so? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it sounds a little bit like that. Like, but at the same time, you got uh, the entrepreneur side where you want to, could you even, could you even just like, let's just say you did have the time and you started reading a book. Could you even do that? Or eventually would you be like, nope, I'm going to grow something else now. I'm going to make something else happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I know. I, my mind always like wanders like to the next best thing or to, you know, like, I don't know. That's such a good question. And on the other podcast that I do with George, like one of the questions was like, what's your idea of success? And like, when is it enough? I, I don't know. Like, cause it's so interesting seeing where we've come these past three years like if you would have told me that three years from now you're going to be in a very you'll have a very large team you'll have two doctors you'll be thinking about your next location I would have said there's no way like not not in our area not in our demographics like I can't imagine that kind of growth that fast so it's I really haven't allowed myself the opportunity to just sit and reflect on, on how far we've come, which I think I told you I've, I'm like seeing a therapist and it's been one of, one of the best decisions. Actually, you have never told me this ever. Really? Are you being facetious? I I can't tell. I'm, I'm no, I'm serious. hundred percent. 
Yeah, we, so, this whole time we should have been talking about everything you've been talking about with your therapist. And now, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, it's, Just kidding. it's been mm-hmm. so, it's been so nice to have an hour to talk to. I mean, she's not a stranger anymore, but just someone who, who doesn't really know anyone or who doesn't know anyone in my life. And I can just have a conversation where I don't feel the need to sugarcoat, sugarcoat or like worry about being judged. It's like such a safe zone to like, just speak your mind, which has been amazing. And, and for her, she's, she's been um, almost like a life coach, I would say, like, she asks me a lot of questions, like, very similar to what you're asking me now, like where, where do you see yourself and um, how much alone time are you devoting to yourself? Like when was the last time you sat and just thought about where you've come and all of that. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot of introspection, which has been so nice. And I think it's been such a, like it's been such a pivotal role in me letting go of Smile and Co. Not that I'm letting, letting go, but you know me, like before I, I had to have my hands in every cookie jar. Mm-hmm. And now it like I didn't really know how I would respond with having two other docs seeing my patients. And the first time I had an associate, I was not ready for that. I was not ready to share. I wasn't ready to have her take over my treatment plans. Everything was me, me, me. Like, this is what I diagnose. I should be doing this. And it's a mindset shift when you hire other doctors and they're now, you know, producing and and making money off of case acceptances that you have closed. And now I want them to be closing all the cases. I want them to be successful because if they are, then it's less stress on me. And now because I have Judy and Colin running the show, they don't even tell me when problems are arising. They've just figured it out. It's been like amazing to not know every single detail that's happening in my practice. Yeah. Yeah. That, honestly, that's, um, I think it's amazing now, but like when you started, I think that that can be tough, right? Like, why didn't oh, you yeah. tell me why, what the heck? Right. I'm, I should know everything. Right. And then yes. I remember when you, uh, was it Cody, right? He's uh, when yeah. it was with Cody. Cody. Yeah. Uh, when you came back and, things were kind of running smoothly, but differently for you. And you were like, what the heck is happening? And you mm-hmm. kind of flipped out, you know what I mean? And yep. I don't blame you. Cause like, I would have freaking flipped out too. I'd have been like, what the heck do you, so that's a whole thing, man. Like, yeah. how do you even, how do you even do that? How do you even, well, really quick, like rewind. If you're right, like one of the best things anyone can have that many people, hardly anyone doesn't have is enough. Right. And yeah. to say like, this is enough. I have enough. And to find that your therapist is right. Like you literally have to self-reflect and, and be alone with yourself and think about these things. Like you never get accustomed to how quickly things can grow. You never do. And so to take the time to really hone in on that is serene kind of, you know, it's nice, but how did you change your mindset to to do that, to not micromanage. Like, I, I'm sure everybody wants to know, but I just really want to know too. How did I get there? How did I? To, to say like, oh my gosh, why didn't you guys tell me about this problem that happened? You know what I mean? And 
And to know that maybe it didn't get covered the way you wanted it to get covered, but it got covered. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh So I think a lot of it is just, I have so much trust in, in Colin and Judy. Like I have no doubt that whatever they say they're going to do, they do it and then some. And that was the biggest thing. Like I can't even tell you how important that is as the practice owner to have your right hand man or woman next to you because it was it was hard it was it's extremely hard to relinquish control but that's one of the levels of leadership like because you can't do it all you can't do it all alone and um yeah it it's just so nice it's such a breath of fresh air to not be involved in all the day-to-day minutiae that was and it's so interesting because my personality type, I'm not good with details. Like I, I'm not an integrator. I don't mm-hmm. do checklists and, and follow through, unfortunately. Like my goal is the visionary. So it didn't make sense for me to know all of the details if I'm not going to do anything about it anyways. So, That's true. So you would kind of have to know the type of personality you are then, right? Oh, absolutely. We all know what we are. And usually if, if you're doing a startup, if you're opening your own business, you're usually the, the visionary of the practice. I think it's very rare to have a visionary who is also an integrator. Yeah. So Judy balances me. Colin balances me. I think almost, I think almost everyone in my office is not like me, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Okay. So that's really good. Dude, this has been, I know you got to leave soon. So this has been really good episode. I feel like there's, there's a lot, there's so much in your life happening right now that it's exciting, you know, but, um, anything else you wanted to mention? I I will say that whatever stage you're at, (laughs) it really is important to really just think about how far you've come. And I know it sounds so cliche, And we're always trying to move to the next great thing, but really stop and, and, and congratulate yourself because every stage that you're in is always a hard stage. If that makes sense. Like when I, when I first opened, I just wanted to get X amount of patients. I just wanted to hit these numbers for my first year. And I never celebrated the fact that my overhead was still low because my team was small and and all of that and then now that i'm in this stage i'm trying to think of okay do i get another location do i build again because we're at capacity but i also think like oh shoot like my payroll is x amount every two weeks my overhead is out of control like we tend to never really be happy where we're at and um and it's so important just to appreciate it for what it is every 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 stage that we're in we should celebrate the milestones that have that we've achieved so that is my one i guess that would be my my thoughts for today yeah just gotcha what celebrate have you thought about how far you've come yes i have and it's it really is i mean gosh it's been amazing like Colin texted uh, us a group picture of our last baby shower. So one of my girls is leaving uh, today's her last day for maternity leave. Mm-hmm. 
And then Colin um, texted us. She's like, whoa, our last maternity, our, our last baby shower was for Bianca, which was two years ago. And there were five of us in the photo. And now there are 14 of us in two years. So it's That's crazy. Big. Yeah. It's but you, awesome. you've thought about it, right? Like how far you've grown, like Ashley's grown, right? Not so much Smile and Co., but you. Yes. And I'm, I'm giving myself more freedom and flexibility to just do a lot less and be happy with doing a lot less. Why? Because it's not always about the next big thing. We should be content with, with where we're at in life, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's... What, when did you start seeing that recently? Probably when I started therapy, which was last year. Oh, wow, really? So during mm-hmm. the... Well, we're still technically during in the pandemic, but... Yeah. Well, I think COVID, I think COVID really forced us to think about what we want in life and what was making us happy and what was causing us stress. It was a really good magnifier. And during COVID, that's when I really thought that like, hey, I don't want to be practicing so much. I only want to do what I want to do. And, and that, that was my first decision to hire other dogs. Yeah. That's true, man. Like to be content, satisfied, to know when there's enough. More isn't always better. You know what I mean? And a lot of the times that's like the easiest thing to do. We tend to try to throw more at a problem and hopefully it gets fixed, right? Whether it's like more money, more employees, more whatever, right? Right. And then we're like, why is it not fixed? But in order to figure that out, you have to do a lot of uh, analyzing. Yes, and- absolutely. And that's hard too, analyzing, you know what I mean? Because then you don't want to blame yourself either, even though it probably might be your fault a lot of the times, you know? (laughs) So that's good though, man. That's really, really good. Awesome. So with that being said, Ashley, I don't know when we're going to record again. Maybe next week, maybe the following (laughs) week. (laughs) I don't know. So hit or miss. I know. But um, if anything, sign us out. Thanks, guys, for listening to a very inconsistent episode of The Making Of. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you want to hear in terms of Smiling Co. If, if you want any more details, join our group. We have a Facebook group. It's called The Making of a General Startup. Uh, be a part of the conversation. Don't be a spammer. Uh, and don't be shady if you want to join the group. It's an awesome group. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Because we love only positive feedback. If you're thinking negative thoughts, you can keep that to yourself. All right. And that's about it. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.